What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff Show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Atlanta, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. We're taping this on a Tuesday evening here in Atlanta. Tonight's Atlanta Sports Report. It's with home team Brandon Leak of Extra 106.3. Brandon, good evening, sir. How are you doing? Lovely. Thanks, Chase, for having me. Thank you for being here. Do you think the X in y'all's new logo is big enough? I don't think it'll ever be big enough. Okay. There's nothing big enough for Joe Hamilton. <laughs> you understand? Mm-hmm. This man needs all the, the time and all of the uh, puppet he can get. I, I like it. I like it. So how is everything going? How is everything going with the show these days? It's wonderful. Um, it, it really is a dream come true to always want to have my own show. Um, and then to have your own show with a guy who's wanted his own show. And he turns out to be a guy who's one of the greatest people you're ever going to meet. And he's uh, a hero, a legend, uh, a great guy, great husband, great father. And it just, it's not even work going in every day when you have uh, chemistry with somebody who you look up to, you know, for most of your adult life, and then you get a chance to sit across and work for them, uh, across from them. Uh, it really is just this. It's more. It's more fun than two guys should have, and it really is a blessing. Did y'all know each other before you started working together, or no? Did not. I okay. saw Joe Hamilton twice um, throughout my just jaunt as an adult, and uh, one of them was at a at Atlanta Falcons tailgate. Other than that, shaking his hand at the tailgate. Had never talked to the man one second of my life. And now I get to talk to him for three hours every day. And three hours after that, when we get off, it's sometimes longer than that. Did you, do you still remember the the first show together? Like, does that still stand out to you? Yeah, it was uh, interesting because it was, it was right after the uh, national title game where Georgia came up a, a little bit short. Mm. And, um, you it was know, a good night. Uh, it was a situation. Uh, no, well, you know what? Joe's not a hater. I mean, one thing I will say, and it's funny how old bulldogs don't try to run him off the road when they see him either. Uh, mm-hmm. He's not a hater. And, you know, I think some of that comes from he's one. He's the last guy to beat Georgia two years in a row. And he's the last guy to quarterback a game where the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets beat the Georgia Bulldogs in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So 
he had success on the field, and he really doesn't have a lot of hatred. I, I keep, I, it's funny. I can't say that he hates the Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. He's certainly not – he didn't uh, stay up all night. He went to bed, I think, pretty well the night they didn't win the championship game. But uh, he doesn't hate on the Bulldogs or wish them undue or unnecessary role, role, which is something that is interesting that I found out about him. He just really loves football. He loves good football players, and, you know, a lot of those – characteristics show up in georgia football uniforms what's funny about him is that he i think he has a similar demeanor to buck blue in that like i don't think a lot phases them they're two people that look for the positive all the time and that they don't take life too seriously or it just it seems i would be surprised to learn of what like really actually pisses joe hamilton off because i don't know if he I, i could never see him extremely angry can't like what is it do you know what actually really sets him off what grinds his gears i will say i've never seen him blow his top he's never See, just yeah. exploded mm-hmm. out of anger i will tell you something he doesn't like he doesn't like quitters mm. so um anytime he sees quitting or hears somebody that's quitting or we get into sports topics or issues where it looks like somebody has uh, given up and, and decided to quit he has no interest in any of that but outside of that he's he is the man who is evenly tempered, and I guess, uh, you know, Buck Ballou, uh both of those guys have been quarterbacks, and um, when you have people coming at you after every snap and every play trying to rip your head off, uh, it, it really is no reason to get upset about too much about the world once you don't have to uh, worry about having your brains knocked out by, you know, snarly linemen and uh, people trying to try to take you out on a football field. So both of those guys, and Joe included, you know, very, very even-tempered. Yeah, I um, I'm actually very pro quitting. So we're gonna have to differ there, um, Joe and I, because if you're bad at something and you continue to do it, even though you're still bad at it, like there's just some things that people just try because they're like, oh, I, I would love to do this thing, and um, they just waste a lot of their time in their life doing something that they were not meant to do, or they're just there's no natural skill that they can develop and become good, like the Malcolm Gladwell ten thousand hour rule, where it's like he's even specified just saying that like you still need some sort of natural talent and gift to turn that into something. So if you find yourself bad at something, like I, I quit caring about cars when I was 16 years old. Like I, I don't give a shit. Like I'm terrible at it. And I knew that I was going to look at it and I was just going to be like, this is just like a foreign language to me. I don't understand what I'm looking at. I'll never understand any of this. And I don't care. I'm moving on with my life. And that was it. So I quit caring about cars and trying to be a good, good son to my dad and make him proud in the, uh, the whole, like I can change my oil and change my tire and all that kind of stuff. No, moved on. Just said, this isn't me moved on. Very pro quitting. If you're bad at something and you recognize it, you should go ahead and stop it because your life is going to be a lot better. So Joe needs to th- just show him this clip and m- explain this point to him. Cause I can, I think I can change his mind on this. Well, the man's resolute, but I think there's, mm. there's balance to the force. And, uh, you know, that's, that's part of what, 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 what I can, I can bring because maybe sometimes I'm not as fair. I'm certainly somebody who will blow my top. I agree with you. Sometimes if you're not good at something, you need to move on to something else. The man yeah. needs to know his limitations and exactly. everybody's good at something. Everybody has something they can bring somewhere mm-hmm. to some table, but sometimes you need to get up from the table where you are get out of the door and go find a table where you can better be served to do what is best that you are here on earth to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why we work different jobs. We figure things out. We experiment. We see what works. What doesn't. Yes. Yeah. But part of that, you have to quit. You have to be like, 
yeah this isn't working <laughs> you have to quit you have to like i'm not doing this for 30 years this is not gonna work you have to just make that it hurts it sucks you shouldn't quit everything just because it gets tough but you should still recognize what you're good at when you're not it will save you a lot i agree of, with you yeah i agree with you in deference to my partner i'll say reassess mm, there we go <laughs> reassess where you are <laughs> what you're doing and what you should be doing exactly um speaking of things um where people are doing what they should be doing um the Atlanta Hawks did what they should have done, which was um, change their uniforms. And I'm sure you saw this today. Like, they're the new uniforms. Just yes. 10 out of 10. Like, absolutely nailed it. Like, I I hesitated tweeting about, like, just how Atlanta, like, the Hawks did it so well. And the Falcons did it so poorly. Like, how do you have this dichotomy between the two where one just completely nails it and it's perfect. It looks great. The Black Hawks uniform is perfect and then you look at what the falcons did and you go how did this happen how did you mess this up so much on one end and how did you do it so right on the other is that a fair critique well covering the hawks for as many years as i have i mean it's been you know coming up on 15 years and uh having conversations with people who are in the room where these decisions are made, I, I can tell you, I can't to the Falcons. I can speak to the Falcons, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, trying to do something as far as, uh, you know, they were just trying to get the fans really excited. But um, speaking more towards the Hawks, I can tell you that nothing is done by happenstance with their mm-hmm. jersey. They do an incredible amount of research. They do an incredible amount of service. They have an incredible amount of diversity in the room. Uh, when I say diversity, that's age diversity, too, um, when they're talking about how to you know, get the coolest jerseys because they've gone through several jersey changes yeah. over really the past six, seven years. And so even when they switched uh, to a Volt Green jersey and last year when they went to the uh, Peachtree uh, jersey. Those are and, clean. And I like they, those. Yes. Yeah, they do a lot of things methodically so that they, you know, you're never going to make everybody happy. I'm sure there are going to mm. be some people that don't like this, this color scheme. They gave you so many options. I don't know how you could. No, be, anyone but, who doesn't like this um, uniform. Hold on. I can just go ahead and pause right there. Um, anyone who doesn't like the current iteration of the Hawks uniform um, can, uh, let me just, how can I say this nicely? Um, they're wrong and their opinion is invalid. So continue. That, it's pretty much it encapsulated. But, mm. um, you know, for me, I love them. It, it's a throwback for me when I was yeah. growing up. Those red jerseys and the white jerseys uh, were, were the jerseys that I saw with the old Pac-Man logo mm. running around. They're still going to retain the Pac-Man logo um, as one of their secondary logos. So um, I think they did a very good job. I think what the Falcons did, I, I don't have a problem with all of the Falcon jerseys, but hearing and talking to people, um, you know, people just seem like uh, it should have been a little – more simple and maybe the Falcons were doing too much. So um, I, I don't have a problem with either one. Anytime you have a, a, a multiplicity of things to choose from, then pick something that makes you happy and stop crapping on the stuff you don't like. I mean, if somebody gives you four or five jerseys, you got to tell me you can't hate all of them. Pick one you like, buy that one, uh, approve of that one, and then move forward. But the Hawks, uh, I can tell you, they put a lot of time and research into their decision making and i think it's paid off the last three times they have come out with new jerseys including today yeah they're gonna look great and i think they're gonna sell really well um i it's just i you know what's annoying is i don't know who who in atlanta as as a lifelong we're both lifelong atlanta people like 
Who in Atlanta mm-hmm. would you ever not roll your eyes into the back of your head if they were like, you asked them where they were from and they said ATL? Your eyes roll back in t- to your head, right? Like, you're just like, no one says that. Like, it's not a thing. And this weird thing where the Falcons just did it with ATL on the front of their jerseys and the Hawks are doing that with the, the red. I, I just, I don't know who is telling them. Yeah, do that. Because it's always cringy and it's always just, it's, I don't like it. ATL stuff drives me up the wall. No one says that. It's very cringy. Well, I have to disagree a little bit. We don't say it amongst each other. Mm. But I think, you know, I I find myself saying it when I leave the confines, when I go to North Carolina, when I've been to Ohio. Wait, so when they ask you where you're from, you say ATL. Oh, I'll say, hey, man, that's just straight ATL. Mm, you know, that's how okay. we do in the ATL. Or that's how we do in the A. That's me. That's okay. So, obviously, when I'm talking to you, mm. I wouldn't talk like that. But I think it's more of it's become part of the lexicon um, globally, if mm. you will. And I think if you put on an ATL hat and you're sitting at a game watching the Falcons out in Arizona, it might stick out. Or if you're wearing an ATL hat and you're out, you see yourself. It's going to stick out and people will kind of recognize immediately, you know, where you're coming from. So I think it's just kind of one of the things uh, that they tapped into. They didn't go straight. It's all ATL, everything. Again, they gave you some choices, especially with the Hawks, uh, with their jersey scheme. But, you know, it's one of those things where, again, they're incredibly diverse. They go from people who live on one side of town to another, people from the upper end of age bracket to the youth and even children. So uh, when you're putting all ideas, you only get a finite number of jerseys. You can't make everybody happy. Some will be liked. Some will not be liked. You guys got to that most people like the majority of the ideas. Hopefully that's what happens, especially with the Hawks, because most of them look smoking. I mean, they, those things are tight, all of them, in my opinion. But everybody can't be happy, and that's why you have so many to choose from. You can pick one or two that you like. Well, I just appreciate them trying to right some wrongs from the Luca trade. This is step one for me. This is oh boy, uh, yeah. This is this is step one for writing the oh, biggest good. wrong in Atlanta sports history. Yeah, this is Chase, step one. Hey, hey, hey! It's a little bit early. No, it's not. It's writing the wrong. Luca's already MVP next year, so Luca is top five in Raptor five thirty eights. Uh, their unequivalent of WAR. Um, he's going to okay. average thirty five and five next year. He's in the playoffs this year. His offense okay. is geared around him. He is a two way player. He is, when he's okay. not in shape, oh, he's oh. still an okay defender. Oh. Trey Young, worst, worst defender in basketball the last two years in defensive real plus minus. Worst in all of basketball. He's not going to grow. Okay. The growing's not going to happen. He's going to be an all-star. Okay. He's going to be a three-time all-star. He's the second best player in his draft. Like he is, the Hawks won that. They scouted correctly. Trey Young is the second best player in that draft. If they had just drafted him in three and Luka went two or one, no one's complaining. I'm happy. I'm thrilled. You nailed it because that is a, it, it's really hard. The lottery is difficult. You had him and you traded him. Luca is, so he is one of, in the five group for Raptor, it's LeBron, Giannis, Harden, and I believe Kevin Durant. Or, or no, it's Kawhi. They're all MVPs. Luca is also in that group. Luca is 20 well, years old. Luca is 20 years old. Well, it's I would over. Also say like you, you got to move on from this. I, it's over. We lost the trade, but like Trey's going to be an all-star. He's going to be a multi-time all-star. I, He's going to be great, but you lost the trade. I would just say, you know, it's early in both of these men's mm. careers. I think it's early uh, to decide what Trey Young will or won't be. Obviously, the measurable that is uh, plus 
his plus minus uh, and his defensive rating. Those are things that you should not, nor should he ignore. That being said, if I were to tell you, uh, you know, he, he first two years into his career, he's better than Stephen Curry. But I will uh, tell you the first two years of, of uh, his career. Oh, no. Don't do better. this. No, don't do this. Please, please, Steph please, Curry? Jay, please. If I were to tell you the first two years mm-hmm. of his career, he was a better player, efficiency, and in scoring and shooting. No, no, not Steph shooting. Curry. Wait, Trey Young shot like 32% from three last year. Steph Curry was shooting 40% from the get-go. If you look at both of those guys' statistics, the first two uh-huh. years, get back with me and tell me who the better player is. We could have some fun with that conversation. If you look at the conversation between the first two years of Isaiah Thomas, and I'm oh, talking no. about the Isaiah Thomas that played with the Detroit Pistons, who was a two-time champion and also a point guard. And uh, Trey Young has uh, scored more points, handed out more assists, made more free throws than a guy who's a Hall of Fame player and one of the greatest point guards to ever play. I would say it's a little bit early to say what Trey Young is not going to be. Steve and I Curry think shot Lucas 45% from three in year two. 45 his He's first taking five a game. Years. First two years. Yeah. Not not his second year, his first two years. He shot 44, 40, 43% in year one. His rookie year. From three points. Who's yes. got more points? Who's got more assists? Who's They're got more points? Players. More yeah, assists? Trey's a better passer. Trey's now, absolutely now, a better now, passer. Now, yeah. now they're different players. Mm. And that's all I was trying to get you to see with Luka Doncic. They're different players. And every time things come up with Trey Young and they're positive and they're dominant and they're better than some of the great and greatest players of all time, there becomes a different conversation. All I'm saying is the man has not even played two full NBA seasons, mm-hmm. partially due to COVID-19, right. but the man hasn't played Two full NBA seasons, and mm. I can tell you he's had two better first and a half seasons than two of the greatest players who ever played. And uh, he, people he did not keep trying to throw the man into the, None of the trash. That's not true. But um, he had more assists. That's fine. He, what what wait, what's a point guard supposed to do? He's not a, he not what a modern assist. day point guard is anymore. Like Steph changed the entire position. Oh, so now assists don't matter, but we count up no, absolutely not. Just triple doubles. No, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I don't care about Luca's triple doubles. I care that Luca impacts the games. Like Luca literally runs that whole offense, and he plays two ways, and he he's just a better player. Like he's just he's the modern Larry. How can you say a man can't impact a game when he's averaging twenty? He averages. I didn't say he wasn't impacting the game. I said he wasn't impacting it to the way that Luca is, and Luca's playing for a better. Like Luca is not like when people talk about the Luca Trey stuff is too one of the things. And Trey is this year especially. They're different players. They're not, different players. I'm not disagreeing with that. What I'm saying is that one of the things that Travis Schlink really, really messed up on this past offseason oh, was he let Dwayne Debman go. And Dwayne Debman's pick and pop three with Trey and their chemistry was paramount um, going into this year. Alex Lynn, obviously not a floor spacer. He can't shoot from outside. And that Trey had to change his game. Um, John Collins' suspension, obviously a big thing. And it really hurt Trey and the way this team played. Um, that, that was a problem. They also traded up for deandre hunter who is just the modern day tony snell not looking great there love me some cam reddish big cam reddish guy i think they're i think he had a really good last month um but herder's been hurt off and on they did not expand enough um with veterans who can actually help trey 
And I think Trey developed some bad habits because he wasn't playing with veterans like Luca was, where Luca had Dwight Powell, Porzingis, Seth Curry, Thank Dorian Finney-Smith. Thank you for not making me bring that up in just a second. Thank you. Yeah. Luca plays on a better team. Absolutely. With more veterans. But, I mean, it's not good. Like, Dwight Powell talent. and Dorian Finney-Smith and Seth Curry, it's not no. like they're – it's but, night and day. But, but I'm Tim Hardaway better. Jr. and Chris Capps, Porzingis in yeah. your starting lineup for an NBA roster – and on your floor in the fourth quarter does make a difference sure. as compared to having uh, two second-year players, or sorry, two rookies, yep. a second-year player, and a third-year player in the, the roster for the Hawks, yep. coupled with the fact with two G League players on the bench, yep. a 43-year-old Vince Carter, yep. and three backup centers. They're two totally different franchises at this point and that. two yep. totally different you know, amalgamations of talent. And I think that was a detriment because it it made Trey have to do more. Trey had to do more. If you watched every game, Trey was asked to carry a crazy load. His usage rate was over 30%. Like he was having right. to do a lot. And part of one of the problems and one of the things I'm nervous about with Trey and this Hawks team and what they're going towards. Because I, like I said, Trey is going to be a multi-time all-star. He's going to be one of the best offensive players we've ever seen. He already is one of the okay. best Pat offensive point guards we've ever seen. What I'm worried about the defense isn't getting better. Like the six foot, he's not getting bigger. He's not going to be able to get better defending pick and rolls. He's not going to be able to do any of that. Like that's, he's not like, you just can't fix that. Um, I am concerned that Deandre Hunter can't develop. Kevin Herter can't develop. Cam Reddish can't develop because, and you're, if you throw an Anthony Edwards or another rookie into this group, that's already super young. Trey is going to develop these bad habits and he already has where like he has to do so much to even keep them in the game because Deandre Hunter has no idea what he's doing. He fades on the side. Like he'll run down the side of the court and you'll forget he's on the court for seven minutes. Cam Reddish to start this year. No idea what he was doing offensively. He was doing 360 layups just off the top of the backboard. Like he was, he was struggling. He was feeling it out. Kevin Herter can't stay healthy. Like there is the only way for this Hawks rebuild to go really, really well is they have to find a way for Trey to take the ball out of his hands and let DeAndre Hunter bring it up. Sometimes he has to let Cam Reddish develop as a point forward. He has to put the ball in these other young guys hands um, enough, but if they want to be a playoff team next year, he can't do that because they can't win games like that. They can't win games when they give four possessions to DeAndre Hunter to facilitate and do stuff like that's how you lose games. Because when you lose by four, it, you go back possession by possession and you look, okay, well, they burned multiple possessions by trying DeAndre Hunter and Alex Lennon on a high, high screen and roll. Like that is something that will kill them. They can't do that. Trey has to have the ball in his hands almost all the time. And I, I'm just concerned when people talk about oh, all the exciting young guys. I'm like, well, they all can't become stars and most of them can't because they literally can't survive on the court. They're just, it just, it doesn't work like that. Basketball doesn't work like that. And Trey has to be James Harden for them to even be in games. Well, I think there was a lot, you know, to unpack here. I yeah. think, well, one, I think I hear you saying the same thing that I hear a lot of people say about the Hawks. And the first thing I would say, say is, what if they don't make the playoffs next year? They're not. We can go ahead and knock that one out. Right. Like, I don't know why people are even talking <laughs> okay, about this. Right. It's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> right. So what if they don't make the playoffs next year? Well, people are I don't getting think fired. the goal... Yeah, well, I think so, too. But I don't think the goal was for the Hawks and Trey Young to make the playoffs year three. I mm-hmm. think the goal was eventually for Trey Young and the Hawks to be NBA champions. And I think uh, a lot uh, of what I hear you saying is what I hear a lot of people and a lot of critics uh, you know, of, of Travis Lincoln, of the Hawks, and as what they're constituted and what 
they're trying to do. I, I hear and talk to people about those things. I don't think that they're unfair, but I just ask the question, you know, a year and a half in, how can you say Kevin Herter is not going to develop? How can you say that uh, Cam Reddish is not going to develop? These guys got one guy who's been a year, uh, the NBA for one year, one guy who's been in the NBA for two years, who actually ended up, you know, doing a little bit better. I do disagree with you a little bit. He only missed eight games this year. Wait, and he had about, a shoulder injury. Kevin Herter? Kevin Herter. Yeah. I thought you said he can't stay healthy. I, he's been hurt multiple times. He's missed multiple games. He hasn't played a full season yet. No, he has not played a full season. But this year, in a, in a shortened season, he only missed eight games. And that was when he had his shoulder uh, banged up. And then he got through that and got, got well, through it. Well, he also came it, into camp out of shape, I seem to recall. Um, there was question about whether or not he was healthy coming yeah. into camp, but he ended up doing better than he did last year. So overall, at the end of the season, I think the other thing is the Hawks got screwed. You know, you can't start crying because COVID-19 has impacted the entire earth, but the Hawks missed a third of their season. Yep. So we don't know how he was going to finish up. It looks like since he was already on trajectory and he was already doing better than he was in year one, he was on trajectory to finish up a season better than he was his in year shooting before. Was and I think worse. we have a lot of, yeah. Well, his shooting was actually a little bit worse. If you talk about yeah. being 41.9 and 41.3, mm-hmm. it's still 41%. So, yeah, it's still 41%, but it's not that much worse. Bit. You are Three accurate saying that it's a little yeah. bit worse. Mm-hmm. I would say it's still 40, 41%, uh, which is how they log it in the record books. What I would say is the Hawks are young. The Hawks have a lot of growth to do. And I don't think that all of these guys are going to be here no, two or three they years can't. from now. You I don't know if Kevin Herter is like, going to be here. You can't yeah. pay all five. I don't and know if John Collins is going to be here. You can't do that. No, you can't. I don't know if John Collins is going to be here. He's already Oh, this is what I want to ask you. This is my spicy take. For a max deal, I don't know if he's going to be oh, here long term based on some of the things that he's seeing. Home team. We have to we have to dissect this because I um look, I, I don't want to be super negative. Like I am a Hawks guy. I watch every game. Mm-hmm. I'm a Hawks guy. I want them to do well. You cannot, I repeat, you cannot trade for Clint Capella and his contract for three years and then max out John Collins this following summer. That's right. You cannot. That's right. Once they made that Capella right. trade, Collins was gone. And if he does this and he maxes him out because Trey says, I love having John Collins here, the Hawks are out of their absolute mind. You cannot pay two bigs half of your salary cap in the year of 2020. That is insanity. That is GM malpractice. I completely agree with you. So I think you already have a a situation where the incarnation of the Hawks is going to change. Yeah. So this was a good start. It's been a fun two years. It has not yielded a playoff run, but this is not the team that is going to make a run uh, through the Eastern Conference anytime soon. That team has yet to be constructed, has yet to, to gather its free agent big signee, and has yet to see uh, a lot of the flaws. And a lot of the time we spent talking about Trey Young and what's wrong with him. There's I nothing think we wrong with Trey. Also talk about Trey's their best what's asset. Wrong with Trey the Hawks. Fine. Yeah. The Hawks can't do anything. They can't shoot, mm-hmm. they can't rebound, can't they defend. can't take care of the ball, and they can't close out games. So, Trey Young to the side, the Hawks incarnated right now are a bad basketball team. And until, you know, Clint Capella certainly is going to clean up the rebounding, certainly going to clean up uh, some of the putbacks and some of the points in the paint, certainly going to clean up the field goal percentage, and certainly going to help out 
uh, with some of the transition opportunities once he gets the guys off and running. That being said, you can't be dead last in the NBA in three-point shooting in the three-point shooting league yep. when you run up and down the court with one of the highest paces in the league. And you certainly can't be a team that can't take care of the ball. And I'm not just talking about Trey Young. I'm talking about all of them and expect to win games. When those players start to show up, in veteran positions and in free agent acquisitions, the Atlanta Hawks will be a team, I think, that will be in contention to be a one, two, or three seed and be talking about then trying to make a march to the Eastern Conference Finals and hopefully to Eastern the NBA Conference Finals. Finals. Oh, my God. Yeah, you talk about team. six years from now. Oh, my God. You're about five, six years yeah. from now. Okay. Well, I'm expecting you to be careful. Here's the question. Yeah. Clarify. When do you expect the Hawks to win? Because we both agree they're not going to playoffs next year. No. When do you expect the Hawks to win? So let's well, back it depends up. on when they pivot. Last year so, was like, a rookie year for well, well last so it year depends was, on when was they the pivot. first year for Trey. Yeah. It's not the second year for Trey. No. It's not the third year for Trey. So you tell me the fourth year they're going to the Eastern Conference Finals? No. So let's get real. Let's yeah. cut the bull. We're talking about five or six years down the road from yep. Trey Young getting here, which is a few years from now. I think what's gonna be most interesting is how they pivot because I think they're gonna have to make some they're like they're gonna have to make some very very difficult uncomfortable decisions because ultimately what i would do if i were the hawks and i was travis schlink is the whole like build like golden state or uh, portland whoever no that's that's not what i would do i would build like houston right now you have your james harden like trey young by all like that is who he is going to be best case scenario and that's an mvp that's a one or two time MVP. Yeah. that <laughs> is an mvp and then i would hope that you can develop Hunter, Reddish, Herder, and or Collins, or whoever this lottery pick is this year, enough to package all those guys for a star. Like another star who can actually help him win out. Because I don't believe any of those other guys are going to have the ball in their hands enough to become stars next to Trey Young. So you hope that there is enough interest with that group and you can develop them enough that you can flip them for your own James Harden. Like that is... That would be my thing, and then just felt the depth with veterans. But I would have a plan of like two years out, just keep developing, miss the playoffs next year, and then package. Maybe be exciting enough, push for the eight seed, and package all of those guys. Maybe not. You might get to keep a Kevin Herter or a Cam Reddish. Who knows? But you package all of them for a star next to Trey. That is what I would do. I would not worry about developing and like, oh, I hope they're a star. Blah blah. blah. No, that's uh, not going to happen. Trey just has the ball in his hands too much. So. I would package them and see what you can do. But like the Hawks ultimate upside is based on whether or not Schlink can pull off trading all those guys for another superstar. That is, that is the big thing. And if they can pull that off, then they're an Eastern conference final team. And also it expedites how high up they can actually go um, in the next two years. Like that is uh that is what I would do. Do you agree or disagree? No, I think you make some very uh, valid points. I think the bottom line is you, the Hawks aren't going anywhere. The Hawks aren't winning anything. The Hawks aren't getting closer to being somewhere they've never been before mm. until they get another bona fide superstar, all-star caliber player next to Trey Young. And yep. typically, unless you draft that guy, he comes in free agency, which means Atlanta well, they're not getting him in free an agency. Attractive... It's their trade. Yeah, you're not getting him in free well, agency. Well, th- there you yep. go. So you're going to have to make a trade for yep. a guy or either way, by hook or crook, acquire a guy who is not a rookie, who is a veteran, who is a star player to play next to Trey Young. 
That's not happening this year, and that's not happening next year. So the question is, how long are you willing to wait, Jay? How, how long are Hawk fans willing to realistically wait and get real and not be caught up in the hype and not be caught up in what Luka is doing and not being caught up with what the Mavericks are doing? Get, be caught up in what the Hawks are doing and should be doing. How long are you willing to wait for those things to take place? Because I'm here to tell you, it's about four years away yeah. from now before you can even start talking about that stuff. And that yep. includes an NBA where LeBron James is gone, where Anthony Davis has re-signed his Supermax deal, where Kawhi Leonard has probably re-signed his Supermax deal. So we have to get real and look at the things that are Kawhi not are right with the Hawks the and demand that they get right. I don't think Kawhi's around. I think he retires in the next four years. I don't think he's around. He's 31 now. One more contract, maybe three or four more years. He might be done. He, his body, like everything you read about him, I don't think it's just hard for him. I think his body is just always going to be like somewhat broken down and that he cannot play a full season and that just the amount of effort it takes to keep him healthy for a full stretch run. And he was really, really done at the end of last year's finals and um, gave away a lot of possessions and had other guys take over because he was just, he was done. Like, I don't think his body can like handle basketball another four or five years. I really don't. Like Kawhi is the best player in basketball when healthy. And I don't... Wait, say it again. So scratch him off the Hawks free agent list. Yeah, no, he is. Uh, no, if I'm the <laughs> Hawks, I'm looking at like, okay, I want to see basically what the Hawks should do is I would look to see who signs to Max this year or next year. Which young guys? Anthony Davis. Uh, well, how would you consider Anthony Davis? Anthony Davis is getting one. I don't think he's going to um, do that. I think I, Anthony Davis is going to keep doing one-year deals and for ridiculous amount of money. I think that's, that's not wise for a guy that keeps getting hurt. You need to lock in some of that money. That's not a smart decision. If I'm his agent, I'm not suggesting that he do that. I don't. I would be surprised if he does a long-term deal. I could be wrong. Maybe he does. I could be, I could be wrong. Um, who I'm looking at, if I'm the Hawks, is I'm looking to see, does Victor Oladipo get mad? What's he looking like after this year? Does Victor, and also looking at Trey's relationships, like he's going with Clutch, or right? Isn't he signing with Clutch? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. He's well-liked. He's yeah. in that Adidas circle. Um, Wait, so, who's you know, represented James by Harden. Adidas? That's a good point. Like that is actually my favorite. Who is re- yeah. what NBA the James players? Harden. Mm. Yeah, the James Harden's and those guys. And outside is Bradley of those Beal? relationships, uh, I don't know if Bradley is an Adidas guy. I have to go look that up. Uh, that but Bradley Beal, yeah, Bradley Beal. You know what kind of money he's coming off of a max deal? Is he going to be looking for max contract money too? But you put those two in the backcourt, better watch out Eastern Conference. I think outside of those relationships, Trey Long. Pretty young as well will fight among his peers. Uh, people like him. Yeah. So, you know, for all of the ball dominance and the bad turnovers that he has, and poor defense, people who are his peers like him. Yeah. So that is an asset that yes. you can't put a value on in the NBA, especially to your point, if somebody says, you know what, I want out of Indiana. You know what, I don't want to go play for Chicago. I'm Anthony. You know what, I want to go play with a young guy who can get me a whole bunch of easy yes. buddies and make it easier for me in the fourth quarter so I can get to an NBA Finals or I can get to the MVP and I can win some games. So I think that's the value that Trey Young brings. But they're going to have to do something after next year that is going to have to be a a major shift. I do agree with you, Annette, from where they are right now because all these young guys run around together. Somebody's not going to be able to be on the floor. The elephant in the room, and this just sucks because I love Lloyd Pierce. I just I don't see how he survives after next year. I don't because they're not making the playoffs and yeah. I think he's going to get a mandate that he has to make the playoffs and it's just not fair because he's just not going to and it's not as fair. I, I say that every day. I say that every day. I'm with him. I appreciate every minute 
we get to hear from him and see him because it's unfair. And I think the cries will be coming from um, you know the fans. And I don't know where Tony Wrestler sets or where this timeline of the Hawks being this magical team in the Eastern Conference. But if the owner is not happy with the results and the, the fans are not happy uh, with the results, then the coach ultimately is going to the, 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 the proverbial sports guillotine, and he's going to be hacked away. So I think it's unfortunate. Yeah. I think he's the right guy for this team with a bunch of young guys. You certainly have to have a bunch of patience to watch this team not, after <laughs> not, not, not play any defense when yeah. your defense is what got you a head coaching job. So the man's dying of a death of a thousand <laughs> cuts every yeah. night, and he's a perfect guy for it. And I think it's unfortunate if he does not uh, get a chance to stick around to see this thing go to its full fruition of what it could be uh, because expectations are out of whack with what's really going on in the organization and on the floor. Hashtag save Lloyd Pierce. Um, I like that. Yeah, I, we, we both love Lloyd Pierce. That's a good way. See, we wrapped up on it. We agreed. <laughs> Uh, we we wrapped up on a positive. <laughs> we're on the same page there. Um, which Falcons pick are you most excited about? Uh, what do you say? Figure? Oh, Falcons uh, pick. It's not girly. Oh, Falcons pick Marlon Davidson. Are you really uh, excited think, about Gurley? Uh, are you really? That was just a... The, are you really excited about Todd Gurley in a dirt cutter offense with no I mean, knees? I think, You're excited Chase, about I'm, this? I'm, I'm, I'm borderline offended that you would think I would say <laughs> something that I didn't mean. Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me mm-hmm. that I should be excited about a guy who had as many touchdowns as Devontae Freeman <laughs> and Julio Jones combined mm-hmm. last year? Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me a guy who led the NFL in touches in the red zone? I shouldn't be excited yes, about this guy for no. a team that couldn't score any points? and actually saw their point production go down Correct. from the year before. Of course I'm excited about oh, Todd Gurley. No. He's oh, not no. the guy he was four year or three years ago. He mm-hmm. certainly has some kind of injury that is certainly uh wearing on his knee. knee but the arthritis. bottom line is he gets into the Yeah, he gets into the end zone better than some guys mm-hmm. we've been paying around here. And if we got one or two more touchdowns a game. I bet that would help the offense. I bet that helped the defense. And I bet that helped you not miss the, the playoffs for another year uh, when you should be in the postseason making deep runs. Oh, I love your still. You're in. Uh, you're a Todd Gurley optimist. I love this. Um, but you didn't. Well, who was the pick? You said Marlon Davidson was your favorite pick. Marlon Davidson. Okay. Marlon Davidson. I think. Um, I like you know, that. Yeah. Getting to the quarterback and uh, shoring up. They did a pretty good job at the end of the season, mm. not letting people run all over them, and uh, they tightened things up at the end. And it's, it's kind of. You don't want to be negative all the time. The Falcons were a better defense at the end of the season, mm-hmm. without question. The problem is they were playing some bad teams, Jacksonville, and playing Carolina without Cam Newton, and finished up with a pick six with Jameis Winston throwing 35 (laughs) interceptions. But sprinkled in that, they did get a win on the road against San Francisco Francisco and held them to 22 points. Uh, They held Jacksonville to 12 points. They held um, uh, um, Tampa Bay to 22 points. So there was some turnaround. I think that what we saw in the first part when they got off to the 1-7 start was they couldn't stop anybody. And hopefully Marlon Davidson uh, paired up with some guys who are veterans. You got, um, you know, Dante Fowler Jr. coming in off the edge. Uh, Grady Jarrett certainly kept himself in, in good shape, it looks like, in the offseason. If he can come in and be that up guy, uh, we certainly need Tack McKinley to start earning his, 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 his money. But oh, no. uh, Marlon Davidson, I think, could be a, a guy – if he's on that line, he's part of a rotation. He's stopping the run. He's helping to get the quarterback or get the quarterbacks off the spot. He's going to give an offense that should be better a lot more opportunities. And maybe the Falcons are just sitting on the ball and running the ball out in the fourth quarter without the defense on the field. 
I like it. Um, I, I could not get over. I, I like. Uh, I don't know if you're with me on this. Front office Lewis and I were talking about this a couple weeks ago, and he agreed with me that. Okay. I mean, just not taking Lamb was just one of the dumbest, dumbest things this front office could have done because eleven personnel, my favorite personnel in the modern NFL. That's why most teams start out in the nickel now. Nickel is the base defense for most teams. Um, I would like to ask you, home team, how does, if you're a defensive coordinator, how do you plan on defending 11 personnel with CD Lamb, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley if the Falcons ran that 97% of their snaps like the Rams did when they went to the Super Bowl two years ago? How do you, how do well, you yeah, plan to yeah. do that? If you had CD Lamb, you know, you're certainly putting another uh, weapon out on the field. And, and there's a, a not an unfair question, but the problem is, you know, are you going to be able to get those things out when Matt Ryan is sacked 48 times? Well, you took two, two linemen in the draft last year. You took two first-round picks. That's the whole point of that. And one of them, and one of them was hurt last yeah. year, so he missed some games. So now he's got to kind of go through the ropes. And then you just mm-hmm. drafted another uh, offensive lineman, a can't play center because yeah. you got your center the last year of his deal. So I don't know what the offensive line is going to look like. And if Matt Ryan is sacked 48 times, I don't even have the number of hits. You double that, you know, uh, close to 100 times he's hit. You know, at some point, you have to address the defense. And the reason why the Atlanta Falcons aren't Super Bowl champions is because of a lack of defense. They couldn't get stops in that Super Bowl uh, against the Patriots. They couldn't get stops in the first half. Oh, hold on, hold on. That's not why they lost the Super Bowl. That is not why they lost the Super Bowl. They lost the Super Bowl because they did not make one offensive play they needed to make. Like, they still won the Super Bowl if they make one offensive play. If Matt Ryan doesn't take one sack, if they do one thing differently offensively, they win the Super Bowl still. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the narrative that makes us all feel good at mm-hmm. home. They're also a team that gave up two touchdowns. Yeah, they got they were tired. Uh, two point conversion. They gave up two touchdowns, two two point conversions, and gave up a touchdown in overtime. So we could talk about the yeah. you know should we have run the ball or whatever. The truth is, you have plenty of time and eleven guys on defense to come away with one play. You know, if you back down or stop. One two-point conversion, you win that game. If you bat down one of those balls from Tom Brady in the fourth quarter, you'll win that game. If you stop a first down in overtime, you might win that game. So we can tell ourselves little stories to make ourselves feel better about blowing a 28-3 to lead. Bottom line is defenses that are in and come up with those big stops hold up the Lombardi trophy, and that's part of the reason why the Falcons and Falcon Nation has not seen it because we don't have an elite defense, and quite frankly, we don't have any elite players on defense the last few years. And hopefully oh, shots the fired at turn. John Jones and Grady Jarrett. Are they elite? Yeah, they're Grady elite. Jarrett Jones is an elite coverage on the linebacker, Rams? and Grady Jarrett's an elite would, nose tackle, Would Grady Jarrett be the best player on the Rams? The best mm. defensive lineman on No, the I mean, that's Aaron Donald. Like you can make the case Aaron Donald's the best so, defender in football of like the last 20 years. I'm talking about elite. Mm. Being the best player on our team doesn't make you elite. It makes you the best player on our team. And I'm not taking anything away from mm. Grady. They ain't Aaron Donald. I can name five people in his position that are better than him. So my point is, when you get a bunch of dudes, you can say, you know what? Uh, Falcons have the best guy in that position. You know what? Falcons do this better than any other team on defense. You know what? Falcons turnover ratio is better than any other defense in the NFL. When you can start throwing out elite numbers uh, and elite people from your defense, you don't have to scream and holler. Problem is, we can't do that. Hopefully, the trend will turn and we'll start winning games because of the defense and not because Matt Ryan and Matty Ice is scoring points and, and Matt Bryant is kicking field goals at the end of games that should have already been put away. 
Would you like to guess how many teams did not make the playoffs and finish in the top eight in offensive DVOA last year? I mean, that's that. Uh, you can give them to them. Zero. I can tell you. CD Lamb, K- K- with this K- offense, they're going top eight in offensive DVOA, and they're a playoff team. Like, this is I, a lock. They are a playoff you, lock. I, I can tell you that if you go back in the last 30 years mm-hmm. and look at Super Bowl champions and look at their defenses, I can tell you that a lot of them are top 10 in defense. The Chiefs were 14th last year. Their defense sucks. I didn't say all of them. I didn't say all of them. Yeah. I said I bet I can show you over the last 30 years. Those but do that you really the believe the Falcons the, fix it enough where they're you know ever going to have a good funny? defense? Do you you're, really believe that? You know what else is funny? You know what else is mm-hmm. funny? The Chiefs, who are 14th in defense, they came up with two stops in the fourth quarter. Yeah. It's true. That's what they did. That's yeah. what they did, and that's why they're champions because they had offense and defense. Well, I think they're not champions just Patrick Mahomes at a five hundred million dollars quarterback. I think Patrick Mahomes being able to come back from twenty eight to seven like it's nothing is a, a good reason. Yeah, as well, he's what. special. He, yeah. he is special. <laughs> that helps having Patrick Mahomes helps. Yeah. Um, he's different. The last thing we'll touch on quickly with the Braves um, home team: who wins the third base job? Is it Riley or is it Camargo? That's a good question um, because. They do different things. And I guess uh, Schmidt has to know more than we know. Um, you know, Austin Riley guy whose power can be consistent. Is he going to be guy the first part of his career when he came up with the Braves and he was just this awesome slugger that just looked like somebody drew him outside of a, a coloring book? Or is he a guy that can be fooled, uh, get caught up? He was talking about how he was uh, waiting too much on breaking balls and thinking about it too much. Uh, and it's going to be a liability at the plate. If that's the case, then, you know, Camargo is a guy who can probably help you a little bit more. He won't hit as many home runs, but he could steal you some bases. He's not terribly bad at third base. He's a guy who uh, can platoon and, and do some things. So that's a question for Brian Snicker. You know, what is Austin Riley? I, I'm thinking with all the questions that the Braves have with their uh, pitching staff after uh, the second starter, uh, this is going to have to be an offensive team that turns things over to the bullpen and win games that way because, you know, trying to win some, you know, three, four, three games and five, four games uh, all the time might not be the way. The, the, the Braves might need to be up five to two and hold on at the end. I like it. I like it. Home team, this has been great. Thank you so much for the time. Um, this was a lot of fun. I like the energy. We, we This was a fun dis- discussion. I hope people don't take this as like we were actually mad at each other about these. Uh, we, we, you should never yeah. apologize for your passion. Yeah. As long as you're not being disrespectful to people and being offensive, I appreciate your passion, Chase. I hope people appreciate mine because I'm going to be passionate about the teams and the people we both want the that same represent thing. these teams in this time. That's right. We want to win. We want to win. And that's we don't we have want. to agree on how we win, but we want to win. Yeah. And that's it. Everybody in Atlanta wants to win. That's why we should all be together. Exactly. Perfect. And to wrap up, like home team said and what he's always said, the Hawks should have never traded Luka Doncic for Trey yeah, Young. Yeah. I appreciate yeah, didn't say that. that as we're wrapping up here. Trey. Home team. And uh, Trey, I trust. <laughs> home team, we can yeah. listen to you where? On Sports Extra. Uh, on, uh, see, I was going to say listen. Sports Extra. Extra 106.3, Monday through Friday at what time? At 9 to noon, yep. the College Football Hall of Famer and Super Bowl champion and all-time touchdown generator at Georgia Tech, Joe Hamilton, the home team in Hamilton show. Great stuff. Keep up the great work, sir. I'm really happy for you. And Joe, 
Um, keep, like this is uh, this is good. I'm glad Atlanta has two different uh, dual shows with you guys and Tug and Hudson and Zeno. Like it, it's good. Um, we can all win, and I like it. I like to see it. And I like that you got your shot with Joe. So keep up the great work, sir. And uh, we will have to do this again soon. Please have me anytime, Jay. Had a ball. This has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.